Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave. Welcome to NASCAR America at home. I'm Rutledge Wood, joined with my friends Krista Voda and Kyle Petty. I have missed you two so much. We don't get to be in the same place, but this is fun. We're going to do something different. Krista, are you ready to dive into the world of NASCAR right now? I think everybody is ready. I mean, hey, you know what's cool about this, NASCAR America at home? We're coming to you from three different states. I mean, how cool is that? You can't get more representative of... Um, America than, than what we're doing right now. So that's really cool. And I think everybody out there who's kind of struggling, um, feeling the walls caving in, um, obviously we're all thinking of you. And I think this is just, it, it's time. It's time for something to sort of feel like um, normalcy and cars back on the track certainly would do that. Yes, for sure. Look, look, three states, Georgia, uh, Pennsylvania, and the state of confusion right here in my place. So <laughs> I, yes, I said three. Three. thank you guys for having me. Thanks for bringing me back. <laughs> oh, God. Wait, Kyle, you're at home? I, I just assumed you were at a guitar store. Oh, it could be a guitar store. You could have any of these if you're willing to pay the price. Let's well, play Win a Guitar. <laughs> let's do it. Hey, let's jump in, guys. We are finally getting back to racing uh, at Darlington. We certainly know it's going to be a, a little bit different of a setup with how they're going to spread the teams out. I think we start at the very top, and I want to ask Kyle about a friend of yours. Have you talked to your buddy Matt Kenseth at all? Because he's about to jump into a car that he hasn't been in a stock car, right, for almost two years, well, a year and a half, and no practice, no qualifying. You know, I'll be honest. I have not spoken to him uh, since he got the call uh, and got called up to the majors. Um, you know, they're any man, one of those things. So I've not spoken to him since then. But you know what? I have to say, um, if we go back in, in, in time, when Matt ran his first race at the cup level, he ran uh, filling in for Bill Elliott and jumped right out of an Xfinity car, right into a cup car, boom, and was good, uh, better than good, right off the bat. So I think if we look at anybody who can do this, and you've got two drivers with Ryan Newman also coming back, but uh, Matt's been out of it a little bit longer. I, I don't see any issue at all. Uh, it may make him better uh, because he's got no preconceived notion about anything that's going to go on. He's cold turkey. Let's go get it done. I mean, it's pretty wild, Krista, to think about how many drivers have now had a break. For a lot of them, this is longer than any offseason they've ever had. And, it's, and for a lot of them, it's longer than they've ever been out of any race car since they first started. It really is like an off-season. I mean, you compare the days. What, an off-season is what, maybe 92 days, you know, start to finish. This is close to that. I mean, it, it is like the same amount of time. And to think of, I know, Kyle, you've, I mean, you guys are used to maybe running a race without practice based on weather or the schedule changing. But to run a race at Darlington without practice, without, with a two-month layoff is is a little bit insane. I mean, I think all eyes are going to be on those, those first few laps for sure. And it's still, I mean, this is still a race for points. Nothing changes. I mean, the stakes are just as high. You just had no prep time. It, it, it's wild to think that's what they're going to do in a few days. Yeah, Dale Jarrett and I were talking the other day, and, and, and that's why he said, he said, listen, 
Um, if this was Daytona, if we were just going to show up at Daytona and run a race, if we were just going to show up at Talladega, uh, there's numerous racetracks. If we were just going to show up and race, uh, no problem. But this is Darlington. This is people fear this place. Uh, two or three weeks out, two or three months out, when it's on the regular schedule and you're in a car three or four days a week. So uh, it is a little crazy, and, and I think everybody's willing to admit that. Check the crazy box. Let's yeah. go to Darwin. We've all checked the crazy box. Last That's we've, we're, some of us are living in it currently. Uh, I spoke to Eric Jones yesterday and was kind of asking him about, you know, what do you feel like is going to be the biggest difference? Because we've certainly had to run some races before, where it might be a two-day rain delay or something else where, you know, you don't have a lot of people. And he pointed out a, a great thing. He said, the weirdest part for us is, you know, once we're in the car as a race car driver, I can't hear the crowd. I can't see them. I've really got to focus what's directly in front of me. But for an experience for him as a driver, it's before the race and after the race. But uh, he also pointed out that we have this amazing chance for people to come back to the sport or people to see this sport who have never seen it before and have the Real Heroes 400 to see how so many of these frontline heroes are going to be honored before the start. Kyle, when you think about people seeing a sport like this for the first time, potentially, who maybe haven't watched before, no practice at Darlington is going to be electrifying. Yeah, it, it is. And listen, I, I talked to my dad, um, and, and we talked about this in 1979 when they ran the Daytona 500, when they had the big accident at the end of the day. Um, there was a huge snowstorm. Uh, in the northeastern United States, so many eyeballs that didn't have a clue what NASCAR was were on this sport. Uh, when we look at Darlington, that's going to be the case this weekend. There's no baseball. There's no basketball. There's no football. There's no golf. There's no <laughs> hockey. Uh, so if you want to see live sports on TV, NASCAR is your game. NASCAR is the place to be. Darlington is the place to watch. So I, I think for us as a sport, um, it is going to be a little crazy from a driver's perspective. But from a fan's perspective, uh, it's going to be a little crazy, too, because you're going to get a lot of people who have not paid attention to the sport, who put an eyeball on it and hope continue to watch it uh, as the season goes on. So, Rut, that was, my, that was going to be my question for you. I mean, I know you kind of touch, you know, there's people all around the country you're involved with, with all of your different hobbies and, and shows and different things that you do. Have you talked to anyone who maybe wasn't, who didn't used to watch NASCAR, or wasn't planning on it, but now will because it's the first sort of, chance to have sports, um, you know, back in their living room. Yeah, I mean, we got to give credit to, to what iRacing and our friends at Fox did. That gave people something to watch. And what I think we've all seen is if you're a person that has a competitive bone in your body, you apparently can sit and watch other people play video games <laughs> and be excited by it. The cool thing for all of us is we know it was a representation of the real racing that we know and love every weekend. So I think people are definitely going to be watching that haven't watched before. The question to me, though, I, I wonder is, do you think some of those grudges that we saw happen on iRacing will carry over? Because Dustin Long has been doing a little research. Kyle, as ridiculous as it seems, you know they say, you know, these race car drivers never forget. Are people legitimately going to hold on to an iRacing grudge? You would like to think it was a virtual grudge. Um, but at the same time, and my answer to that is yes. Yes, they are. And here's why. Pride. They take pride in what they do. They put it on the line, whether it's in a real car, whether it's in an iRacing car, whether it's racing up and down the aisles of a grocery store in a Coke commercial. They take pride in winning and losing. And listen, I read some of Matt DiBenedetto's stuff and, and some, of the, some of the quotes that some of these guys had after some of these things that happened. 
And it really boils down to what you did to me, whether it was real, whether it was imagined, whether it was in a virtual world on an hour pacing racetrack, you did something to me and I'm going to hold that grudge because you took me out of this race or took me out of an opportunity to win. Um, so, you know what? I don't think they're as serious as they are from the actual racetrack. Uh, but let me tell you something. Race car drivers' memories are incredibly long. So it'll be- They long. are. Krista, have you, in, in your years of covering the sport, have you ever seen a virtual grudge or something that happened in this way off the track carry on to on the track like we might see? Well, I don't think we've ever had this sort of setup before, you know, what we've had the last few months. But definitely, you know, there are times where something would happen on a track somewhere and you would think, oh, that was from lap 33. They got close to each other. And then you interview them and they say something about a race that was six months ago. And you think back and you're like, I don't even remember that. Obviously, they do. I mean, it's, it, Kyle's, it's crazy how they compartmentalize and hold on um, to the things that happen on the racetrack where, like, I want to say normal humans, but sorry, Kyle, normal humans just sort of let it go. Um, but yeah, so I think definitely they're going to hold on to, you know, that's what they've had. I mean, these drivers, that was their, the closest thing they had to racing these last few months. Now they get to go out there and do the real thing. I think they are probably holding on to that. I can't wait to see what happens. I'm fascinated by this sort of um, inversion. And we see it in short track racing, a lot of dirt track racing. The, the struggle or the, the race for 20th place in this race is going to be wild. Because, the tw correct me if I'm wrong, the 20th place finisher Sunday becomes the pole sitter for Darlington on Wednesday. Is that, is, am I saying that correctly? Isn't that wild, Kyle? What do you think of the inversion? Well, listen, um, it's a Wednesday. You might as well have an inversion on a Wednesday. We've, never, we've not seen one on a Sunday yet. Uh, <laughs> I, I joke. I joke. Uh, but look, the, it, we have to look at this sport totally different. We have to shake it up, throw it out, and see what the fans want, see what the fans like, see what the sport is ready for, see what changes are good, what changes are not. We have an opportunity. We have an opportunity with this sport to change the way the drivers approach it, the way the teams approach it, the way the sponsors approach it, and the way the fans perceive it. So why not have an inversion? So in all honesty, I am excited about it. I'm not a big heat racing fan. I'm not an inversion fan. I'm a purist. I'm a traditionalist. I like the sport the way it was. But I'm smart enough to know we may never see the sport the way it was ever again. Not like I grew up with it. Not like my dad grew up with it. Not like Earnhardt and Junior grew up with it. It may be a totally different sport. We have to be open to that to be able to grow it. So uh, those first few laps at Darlington after the inversion are what's going to be exciting. You can talk about Sunday all you want to. I want to I see the first laps on Wednesday. It's going to be big. I know you both kind of mentioned the fact that, that Ryan Newman is coming back. I know we're all so excited about that. Kyle, you are a driver who was sidelined by injuries before. When you look at that break that he's had, uh, and someone that we know has been so consistent and, and such a great racer in their history. Do you feel like there's going to be any kind of period of adjustment for him, or is it just get in and go? Um, you know, I think his adjustment will be get in and go, and by the time he gets to the backstretch, he'll be adjusted, uh, honestly. Um, here's a guy who grew up in midgets and sprint cars, has been on his roof uh, numerous times in his career. This is not the first time he's been upside down. Uh, but this was dramatic. This was – um, something that shook everybody to their core because nobody was sure the uncertainty of what the injuries were. But to watch <laughs> him walk out of that hospital a few days later, to watch how his recovery has progressed so quickly, he's not had time to set and mentally dwell on what might have happened. 
He's only looking at what did happen. And you know what happened? He recovered. He's back. He's ready to get in the race car. Uh, and he's going to be as tough as Ryan Newman ever was, I believe. For sure. This, this was so fun. Krista, can we do this again sometime? Absolutely. This is really what we do. What we just invited everyone into is how we normally like eat lunch at the racetrack. Like this is right. what we would normally do is just talk to each other. Hey, do I have time to give a shout out to a special senior? You know you do. Okay, because I know so many racetracks, by the way, hosting graduations, which is so cool. And um, thank you. Those are some more real heroes um, amongst us. But I want to give a special shout out to Caden, um, my nephew, class of 2020. We're really proud of him. He's graduating. That's huge. Hey, thank you all for watching so much. Our challenge from the three of us, invite a friend that doesn't normally watch racing to watch the race with you this weekend. You can talk about it over Zoom like we did. It's going to be crazy. No practice, no qualifying at Darlington. The three of us can't wait to watch. I hope you do too. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.